Hello and welcome to The People Podcast with Connor, expert advice for business and HR leaders. Now I'm sure that most of you listening know exactly who Connor are and what we do, but just in case you stumbled across this podcast by accident, we've been providing all kinds of practical advice and support to businesses and individuals for 25 years. This particular episode is going to be all about consultation-led projects, and we're going to reveal to you the five crucial ingredients for the perfect project. And when I I say we, I mean the experts here from Connor. Let's find out exactly who those experts are. So we're recording this at the Connor HQ in the beautiful countryside just outside of Henley-on-Thames. And indeed, you may hear the faint buzz of office life in the background at some point. And with me, I have Simon Milner and Julia Nicholas. Julia, if I could start with you, if you could tell me a bit about yourself, just so we know really why you're the person we need to be listening to. No room for modesty. Tell us about yourself. (laughs) Um, Hi, so I'm one of the directors here at Connor and I work with our key clients, predominantly HR leaders and business leaders on change agendas, particularly the people elements of change, which is mainly around reducing risk and ensuring business as usual um, and engaging people so that businesses can move smoothly and safely into their new world. And Simon, you lead Connor's project management uh, capability. Again, why am I calling you an expert? That sounds far ruder than it's intended to be, but just give me some details about yourself. That's very kind of you. Um, So I've worked in HR for 25 years um, as a generalist, and I've worked on projects while I was a generalist working in um, some big corporate companies. Um, I've also worked within HR outsourcing, which again has involved lots of projects, cheapy transfer projects, right-sizing projects that I've worked on. Since I've been at Connor, I've worked on two big change programs and uh, delivered some really great results for those clients. So that's a bit about Simon and Julia. Let's crack on then with the five crucial ingredients for the perfect consultation-led project. Okay then, number one is be prepared to deal with complexity and ambiguity. Julia, you're going to start on this one for us. Give me a bit more detail. Give me some case studies if you can. What do you mean by this? Sure. So I think um, when we speak to clients quite often, they're very clear about the end result or the goal where they're trying to get to. So that may be around um, relocations, they're moving a number of staff to a new site, it may be moving them onto new contractual terms, it could be a new organisational structure, but often they're not sure how to get there. Um, And at the beginning of any project, we know through our experience that whatever you believe it's going to look like at that point, it will change without a shadow of doubt. What's expected to be a six month project will end up being a 12 or 18 month project and the amount of resource required on that is likely to change. So our aim um, as a team coming in as a squad is to help to provide some certainty some kind of project plan some kind of method to the madness often because the individuals within an organization have their own day jobs going on so business as usual is already um you know keeping their time keeping their keeping their attention full time and um dealing with the ambiguity of change on top of that can be quite a task how do people normally deal with it who won't who don't do this day to day So typically there are two responses to dealing with it. Um, One is we'll muddle through, we'll work extra hours, we'll expect our people to put in discretionary effort um, and additional time. Um, We see that commonly, that does have a whole raft of issues as you can imagine in terms of burnout, retention of staff, the quality of the solution, things being missed because people are trying to do too many things at the same time. Um, Or people will look at temporary or interim um, support. 
Um, often HR directors will consider that there needs to be a lead HR business partner on a project. They'll go out to market, um, they'll secure somebody for a six month project. The challenge with that is that it's very rarely one set of skills that's needed on the project and it's very rarely one person full time for that period. Um, you may need the capacity of nine people on one day and half a person on another and everything from an administrator to an HR director. So those are the challenges. Um, that's how people tend to deal with this and they often don't know where else to go for a different solution which is where people often come to us um, when they find out through their network that we can provide something different. A recent project um, was global, multiple countries, one and a half thousand affected employees and originally it was expected to be a two-year project. Um, we then began and it was expected to be 12 months and ultimately working with the client it was delivered in, in seven so the parameters changed rapidly um, there were around 15 core members of the client's team involved in this, um, nine members of our own squad on this at certain points in time. There were hundreds of Q&As, over 150 complex cases, um, and it was really, really critical on a weekly basis to reassess what the needs were. So um, particularly administrative resource at certain points, we had to ramp up. And other times we were looking at whether we needed it at all and we were taking that resource away because it wasn't needed. So efficiency was really the key thing, making sure we had the right people on the ground um, at the right times. Um, and because of ambiguity, single person dependency is a really critical thing to look at. You know, within our own team, we always make sure that there's a backup to any role if they're not around. And we've seen that pain within our client organisations when they have a reward expert, for example, who's the only person who has all that knowledge on those um, individuals. And they literally... Um, uh, don't take sick days because they don't feel they can um, and so I would say it's a real um, really important thing to consider which is how can you make sure you've got buddies or backup because um, it will be ambiguous we know that for sure. Simon I'm going to ask you about um, ingredient number two then um, number two is have a resilient team to deliver for you. Tell me about this. One of the big things that we realise with the work that we do on these type of projects is that the clients we're working with, the production line's still running. It's very rare we go into a, a business and run type this type of project and work's ceasing, work's running down, and there's capacity to be able to take your foot off the accelerator um, and just focus on this particular project. We're working alongside people who are having to run the day job, still deliver the business and deal with the complexities of employees who whose lives are being changed by this kind of pro project. And that's why it's really important to have a resilient team working on a project like this. The team that you really need on board with this is, is a team that can uh, recognise those uh, complexities, be able to cope with ambiguity, but be resilient when the changes come. Um, the project plan never really ever survives first contact. You do as much planning as you can. You do your background um, checks and you, you, you search all the, all the information that you need to deliver the project. Um, but you need to be resilient to the fact that you're going to get changes. People are going to react in a different way to the way you expected initially. Um, so it's really about having a team that can be able to um, deal with those sort of challenges that they'll have through this project. Because they're, they're normally very intense. They're in focus within the business. So there's a lot of people looking to make sure these projects run really well and really smoothly. Um, so you need that kind of team. You need those sort of behaviours in a team to run this sort of project. Building on what Simon said, um, these projects are often um, in the spotlight. There's a lot of eyes on them. 
they um, are important to um, both leaders within the business making sure that they run smoothly but also from an external PR perspective if you have an organization who's running a project that affects a large proportion of their employees it can have implications around employer brand um, and all sorts of things like that so it's really key that people are at the top of their game and important to help individuals in a whole myriad of roles to be resilient and know their role. So that's from managers who will be interfacing with each of these people on a day-to-day basis, who may have questions coming their way from employees, what does this mean for me, what's next, to um, the HR folk themselves who quite often, as we've experienced, are affected by the change themselves as well as delivering the change. So they really carry that that burden they have to remain resilient themselves and to role model the right behaviors despite the fact that they're experiencing just the same change curve as the other people in the organization so um, it's been really helpful for a number of organizations we've worked with to uh, invest some time um, and attention in um, resilience and change support for their HR folk and for their managers and for employees going through that change so that they can get through that in a in a safe, engaged way that minimizes fear. We've recently been working with a large public sector organization who are running a consultation project that is affecting um, several thousand of their people. What they asked us to do was to deliver some resilience and change training for their HR team. One of the biggest pieces of feedback apart from the practical skills that that gave that team around examining how they were feeling through the change how could they could maintain their own resilience was just having space and time out um quite often uh, what is forgotten is just the sheer stress and pressure that it places on an hr team to run run this kind of process as well as experiencing it themselves and they just enjoyed having the time out so having a half day or a day to just focus on oneself and the change had an enormous effect on energy levels and resilience and engagement being able to come back to the day job and the change project with uh, renewed vigor and um, renewed effectiveness so i'd really encourage organizations to think about that Okay, let's move on to ingredient number three. Have a project sponsor who can be a guardian of quality. And Julia, you're going to tell us about this. Yeah, so I think what we've certainly seen is that when a project is in full swing, it's really easy to be sucked into the detail um, and um, be caught up in everything that's happening on a day-to-day basis. It's crucial to have a project sponsor, both internally within the organisation and from a partner supplier side, if you're bringing in external help from somebody like Connor, because um, these are the individuals who can have a helicopter view of what's going on. So it's often internally an HR director or a senior business partner. It might even be a CEO or a finance director who can understand the landscape, the cultural complexities, um, the stakeholders, the relationships who can unblock things so this isn't somebody who's going to be on every project call or doing the doing but somebody who can consider are we on track are we um, going to meet our goals are we on budget are we on time Um, what kind of PR implications does this have Um, and who can be an escalation point so as I say often that's an HRD for us within the client And, and from our side we always have a project guardian or project sponsor And the aim of that person is really similar for our own squad or our own team, which is around 
unblocking understanding is there something that we're likely to need uh, like extra resource in the next few weeks because we're going to have a spike um are there any stakeholder relationships we need to put some special attention on to make sure that we don't have challenges down the line so these are people as i say who can take an umbrella view of what's going on um, and they've got enough headspace and enough seniority to um preempt any issues and to make things happen Okay then, number four, realise the importance of good communications. Simon, uh, tell me about this. Yeah, I guess this is an obvious thing that everybody would say apart about any change programme. Communications is really, really important. Um, the challenge is actually doing it and doing it really well. So within our project team, we'll have a communications lead. Their role is to identify all the stakeholders within a particular change programme um, and ensure that they're communicated with at the right time, through the right medium, and are given information in a timely manner to allow the consultation project to run as smoothly as possible. Uh, one of the things that I've certainly recognised within my HR career in, in other roles and other projects I've been in, there can be a lot of time spent dealing with questions um, that really ought to have been answered up front. So that's one of the things we take really seriously within, within Connor. We, we map out the stakeholders and we make sure that we're delivering communication at the right time to the right stakeholders in the right way. So one of the things that we are definitely advocates of is making sure you use lots of different technology. So if in your organisation podcasts is a thing that reaches people, that's the way you should communicate. You shouldn't just email out a long Q&A document to people if that's the way to do it. We've also utilised Skype within, within a particular project we've run recently. That worked really effectively. We had a number of people that were out around the world and it's the best way to reach them. It's a brilliant way of making sure you, you get that live contact in the moment. You say there it's quite obvious, but is it obvious to people who've never been through this process before? Well, that's a really good point. I mean, potentially not. I've been involved in a lot of HR projects that are like this. I think even as a seasoned practitioner, there are always things that come out that you weren't expecting to come up. I guess that links back to the fact you need a team that can be that can deal with that complexity and deal with that ambiguity because you're going to get stuff that's raised that you just really weren't expecting. But the key thing is to take some time up front Make sure you plan through the questions that you can expect to come up and deal with them as quickly and as early in the process as possible so it doesn't cause noise, it doesn't lead the organisation, uh, the rumour mill, the jungle drums to start to work. It's important, it's important to deal with it as early as possible so you can focus on the real issues. What I'd like to add to that is that perception is reality. In terms of communication, actually helping um, HR directors to communicate up or across to the board is often a key thing throughout this these projects we find that they are asked on a two-weekly basis for example to give a clear high level update on what's going on so finding a mechanism which we do for our clients or finding that internally to get the key project updates on a page we use something called a four up which gives the um, deliverables the last 30 days progress, the next 30 days actions um, and risks and concerns is a really, really neat way as an HR director to be able to present the status of the project to the board, to build confidence, to make sure, again, that you're staying ahead of the curve. Um, we did this for a client recently and really pleased to say that they, they love that format so much that they rolled it out across several other projects as well because they just saw such value in having um, a very big complex project distilled down to the few key ingredients and updates in one place finally then uh, number five be brilliant at managing data simon tell me 
a bit about this. Can you give me any examples? Given the type of project we're talking about here, it's really important that you know where you are at any one point with the individuals, where an individual might be in a process with a recent client. First thing in the morning, we'd process the data from the night before and we knew exactly where everybody was in the process, all the employees, and we were able to also know what the potential cost of this particular change programme was going to be in real time. We used that as part of our calls with a client and it gave them real confidence that the project was on track um, and, and that they, we all knew where we were um, getting this thing delivered. It sounds very, very basic, but one of the key things that allows HR directors to sleep at night is knowing exactly where they are with their data and where all the employees are that are involved in the project. How big was this project? So the project involved two sites, um, closing both sites and moving all the employees uh, in, into, a, into London, central London. Involved around 300 employees, a number of consultation meetings, life-changing um, decisions to be made about relocation. You use the term life-changing and everything we're talking about today uh, refers to something that for many people will be life-changing. I guess if you do muck it up when it comes to managing data, it does seem very callous to someone who might be going through this process that whoever's doing the process hasn't even had the decency to you know, work out exactly what's going on. It won't look very good to them at all, will it? It's another perception thing, managing data. No, absolutely. It's a, it is a really basic part of a project that you just need to get right. When you're having a conversation with an individual about moving site, changing their uh, childcare arrangements to be able to go and uh, commute uh, to, to a new location, it's really important that all the basics are in place. Like the comms role in a project like this, it is incredibly helpful and I'd say critical to have somebody owning data because as Simon said you've got multiple people involved multiple employees affected most likely um, they could be having you know three more consultation meetings we would always appoint a data manager um, on a project and that's um, something slightly different to just an admin resource um, which is a whole other story around you know booking in thousands of meetings for consultation actually having somebody who can manage that which is often forgotten about but um, data is a whole role in itself somebody who's savvy who's detail focused who can um, who you can trust to be on top of that every day Okay, then we've heard the five crucial ingredients of the perfect consultation-led project. A bit of a Desert Island Discs moment now. If you had to pick one of them, which one would it be? Choose your favourite, like choosing your favourite child. Which one would it be? <laughs> communicate, communicate and communicate. And Julia? Wow, really, really tricky. You um, can't have that one. I was going to go for that one, but I'm going to go for resilience because ultimately this is all about people it's just so so important to make sure that individuals have the resources to ride the wave of a change program julia nicholas and simon milner both of you thank you very much indeed thank you thank you so thank you very much for listening to the people podcast with connor remember to subscribe if you want to be first in the queue to catch all forthcoming episodes also if you have enjoyed it and found it useful please rate and review us on your chosen podcast platform. If you do have any questions concerning this conversation or are interested in our consultation-led project services or any of our services for that matter, please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you via the website connor.co.uk. Also, keep an eye on our various social media feeds for more advice and news from Connor. That's all for now. Goodbye.